Hello, Texans, and welcome. Mark Vandermeer with you, and we've got a special week for you. A lot of players that you're going to hear from, new Texans players, players that have been here a year or possibly longer, and players who used to play for the team. That's happening all week long here on Texans Radio, kind of a special summer week for us as Johnny and I have put together some sensational shows for you. Sensational, dare I say that. Now, if you tuned in wanting to talk about the law, legal issues, that's not going to happen right here. I know news is out there, but we're leaving that alone. We're talking about Texans players who are going to contribute to this upcoming campaign and some who contributed to past campaigns, like Steve McKinney, who's on later on in the program, a free agent signing. A lot of people thought he was part of the expansion draft at 0-2. No, free agent signing early on for the Houston Texans, a former Colt. How about that? We have some other former Colts on this team right now, don't we? Like Marlon Mack. Yeah, you'll hear from him a little bit later on this week. But McKinney is later on in the show. And yeah, I might even whip out the Steve McKinney show theme song that was on his weekly appearance on Sports Radio 610 back in the day. But let's get to our first guest, shall we? That would be Roy Lopez. We caught up with Roy around minicamp. You've heard of him, plays on the D-line, likes the way the offseason is going so far. And again, this was a couple of weeks ago, but still very relevant as the players are on vacation. Let's hear our conversation with Roy Lopez. We're all excited and just be able to grow. You know, it was nice to go through this offseason, not uh, train for a 40 and, and you know, <laughs> do, do all those things. So uh, I definitely feel more prepared going into this next season. So it's going to be awesome. What was that process like last year? I mean, you still got COVID floating around and all that kind of stuff. What was that process for like, for you last year? I'm sure you had, you know, agents calling, teams calling, all that kind of stuff going on. When you think about a year ago at that at the time of having gone through all that, what was that like? Yeah, and, and the thing is, is, you know, I was a late draft pick. Yeah. You know, so you don't ever know, you know, whether you're going to get drafted, undrafted. Yeah. Um. You know, you're just wishing for an opportunity. And, and so to sit here a year later, you know, and, you know, be a part of the Texans is, yeah. is, is amazing. So um, I'm very grateful and thankful because, you know, you, you stressed a lot at that time. You know, yeah. you just have no idea. So um, it's been awesome. It's been fun. So that, that that's the biggest thing is, is the difference is, is uh, every, you're learning. Everything is, is your first time. Yeah. Doing everything is your first time. You know, so being able to come back in this offseason and, and be able to repeat on all yep. things is awesome. But, Roy, if we could redraft 2021, you would not be a late draft pick. <laughs> How did you feel going into it? Did you think they're all going to be wrong if they don't draft me early? Or what was your level of confidence, for lack of a better way of putting it, going into the draft? No, I'm, I'm really grateful for, for being, you know, a lower draft pick. You know, it, it, it's still in my mind, you know, it drives, you, it drives every late draft pick, undrafted guy, you mm -hmm. know, every day. You know, so you have the mindset, and that's something that, you know, you see these guys, sixth, seventh, undrafted, you know, that, that make it and have long careers. It's because they always have that mindset, you know, in eight years down the road. You know, it doesn't matter how much you get paid, how many plays you make, and, and, and you always have that mindset of an underdog, you know. So that's something that I've had my whole life. My family's instilled in me. So um, I look to keep having it and keep growing it. So. Mark and I will always remember the days of you wearing number 79, uh, which is weird <laughs> now because 91 seems so – like, that's Roy's number. It was Seth Payne's number. It's now your number. But as we were watching you in number 79, Mark and I would talk about it as others would like, hey, man, that guy's pretty good. There's an opportunity. <laughs> I know you're a rookie just trying to find your way, but was there a point where you're like, hey, man, I'm, I'm kind of 
Like I'm kind of getting it, you know. I'm right. kind of getting this, man. Maybe there's an opportunity for me to 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 play at somewhat. Did you kind of feel that at some point during the preseason last year? Right. So the number thing, they tried to give me 69, and I oh. was like, I'm not. I'm, and they got Kurt Heinisch in 69 yeah, yeah, now. Of but, course. Um, they tried to give me 69. I told them I said I'll take 79. Yeah. So um, that was, and the only other numbers there were there were no other D line number available. Right. So I had to take 79. So and they always told me, you know, you make the team. You can have whatever else. number you that's available, right. you know. So I wanted ninety one. I had fifty one in college, so I yep, took ninety one yep. now. Um, but uh, there was never. I just showed up every day, just trying to win my rep. Yeah, you know that mm-hmm. was that was the biggest thing. I just wanted to win my rep when I was in. Like that's that's something that um, you know that was in my mind. Yeah. You know, and, and and you know when you're late, you know draft pick. Like I said, you don't yeah, have yeah. that many times you can just mess up. Right. You know. So um, I got in, I got in. Got in line during the drills and, and I went, did my rep and I just wanted to make sure it looked good and and, uh, and I just I just wanted to perfect my craft you know so and seeing the vets every day stay after go early yep. doing little things and then do it in team and be able to see it translate that's something that you see at a, at a you know young in your career and and be able to instill in yourself now a year later you know I got rookie saying okay like I, li- I like how you take things from individual drills to team and, yep. and I'm like. Man, that's that's pretty cool. That's crazy, yeah. you know. So I'm thankful to be able to see that. I have the best that I had to see that. Well, you know, every year I do a Vandermock draft before the Texans draft, and I pick the Texans' entire draft. And I drafted you, Roy. So <laughs> there. So <laughs> thank you. And then when you got drafted, you didn't even realize it. I had to tell him. Right. Well, like I had to go back and look yeah, and make but, sure. Okay. Right. But all right. So let me ask you this: You've done a lot of off-season and off-field events for the Texans, even though you just got off your rookie season. Galveston Mardi Gras, how was that for you? Was that the best one so far, just as far as the fun of it? They were all really cool. But the Galveston one's up there for sure, Mm -hmm. in the the, the rankings for sure, because I I was able to have – I had close to 20 family members come out. So, um, you know, we were able to get an Airbnb beach house and and just (laughs) enjoy the weekend, you know. And and I was thankful, you know, the Texans didn't have me do too much, you know, just just at nighttime. So, you know, during the day, during the morning, we were able to grab breakfast and – and, you know, I might have to go take a picture here and there, but it was, you know, I was able to spend time with my family on a beach, you know, mm-hmm. and be able to, to just enjoy the the, the air, you know, yeah, and right. be able to take a step back and be like, you know, because you, you go, 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 go. So it was, it was nice to be able to, you know, sit back and look at my family, smile and laugh and have a good time. So it was awesome to be able to be on the float and then just look back at my whole family and they're throwing beads, you know, just That's laughing nice. and smiling. So. Uh, Galveston was a special moment. What about sure. Mexico? Oh, Mexico was amazing. It was uh, just to to see how much support we had down there, and, and, and the amount of fans that that love the Texans, yeah. you know, and actually care for the Texans. And uh, it was awesome just to you know see their face when I walked in. They they didn't believe it, you know, and, and they were like, "There's no way you're here right now." You know? <laughs> but it was awesome because. I felt the same way. I was like, man, this is this is amazing. Like you guys know my name. Yeah. You know, like it was it was it was fun. Along those lines, Roy, I know you would have applied your trade wherever you got drafted. But you could draft it in Houston, where there is a where there's a, a heavy uh Latin influence, where there's heavy Mexican influence for you and maybe that didn't dawn on you where you just I'm going to make plays. But when you went to Mexico City, the fact that it's Roy Lopez I'm sure that was probably important to the people of Mexico City. Have you thought about that aspect of it, and what does that mean to be here in Houston? Right, is is I'm very thankful for to be a part of you know the Houston Texans. Like you said, the, the fan base is 
is is huge you know so being able to to just show the kids you know you can do it man yeah. you just it just takes time it takes work and, and you know i've always been doubted my whole life you know so um to come full circle and do a traffic in mexico is, <laughs> it was you did well yeah you can't even you can't even express it so you did it was, well man you got it you had a future for it. when we saw you pop up, i don't even <laughs> think we knew that you were going to be doing a yeah, pick but you did a yeah. nice job thank you do you it, remember who you announced Damian Pierce. Oh, so it was easy. Yeah, it was the um, easy name. You didn't get yeah. Tegan's name. No, no, we, we were worried. We were worried. Well, I was, you know. And uh, but no, it was it was awesome. You know, and when I got drafted, I was just you know happy for the opportunity, thankful for the Texans, boom, boom. But and then it was about two hours later, I had a cousin tell me like, hey, they got they got a lot of Mexican fans, yeah. you know. So it was, um, you know, I think it was a month, two months later i think all the sizes past xl on my jersey were sold out online yeah and i was like that is hilarious right <laughs> like i think the only ones that were were like the white ones you know and i'm just like i understand i feel you guys you know so um, not a slimming color no no right so uh, i'm very thankful to be here it's, yeah it's amazing all right roy thanks a lot for joining us yes, good sir. luck thank you there's the big fellow roy lopez now let's hear from a tight end anthony Eclair. and yes i'm obsessed with the fact that he played cfl style football in high school and in college north of the border before coming to the usa and making it in the nfl and by making it i mean super bowl champion with the tampa bay Buccaneers. so that's pretty good but anthony his name is often mispronounced anthony which is understandable there's no H after the T. Of course, I was going to address this first, me being the team announcer, wanting to make sure that I and everybody else gets it right. Am I pronouncing your name correctly, Anthony? Yeah, I mean, in French, it would be Anthony. Anthony. Which is kind of hard. But. Yeah, in, in the course of a play-by-play call, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. I could do it, though. I could do it. But a lot of people call you Anthony, probably, yep. mistakenly, right? Yeah. Yep. And you just have to live with that? I mean, I'm... I, they call me Tom around here, so I kind of like it. Makes okay. It's easier for them. That's nice. Yeah. I don't want to say Tone, but you get here last year. You just said, as you walked in, you're like, hey, this is my first time in here. Yeah. I mean, it's been it's first time for a lot of guys. I mean, first of all, because a lot of guys have just gotten here the last couple of years. But then you got COVID and mm-hmm. there were restrictions and all that kind of stuff. Now that we're kind of moving a little bit away from that, being here in Houston, does it kind of open you up to kind of see a little bit more, meet more people around the building? How's it been that things have kind of opened up since you've right. now gotten here? I felt like last year I didn't have time or, you know, with the restrictions and all that to like visit the, the city and all that, yeah. um, which I had more time to, during off season this year. Um, you know, off season last year was really short too, so yeah. I didn't feel like I had much time. But, yeah, it, it's, it's a great city. Um, I love it here. The weather is kind of hot, though, but it, it is what it is. How, mean, hot do you, how do you get used to that? <clears throat> or do you? Do, yeah, do we? Um, I mean, I'm from Canada, right? So, right. like, every year I live the two opposites. It's, yeah. like, hot here, and then I go back home. It's full of snow and really cold. But uh, that's I feel like it's harder because of that. But um, I try to, you know, get in a steam room, and uh, I gotta get you got to get used to it for sure. But I yeah. don't think um, there's a way to really get used to it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. Anthony O'Claire with us. All right, I want to talk about Canadian football, which yep. I always do with you, but I'm fascinated by this because you played high school football and college football north of the border, so you mm-hmm. played that CFL-style football, right? Yes, sir. Both places. You played for Laval University. Yep. 
But I was trying to wiki this, which is always accurate. Uh, is the team, <laughs> is it like it is here, or is the team sort of a separate club entity within the university? How does it work up there with college athletics? Um, sports in general in Canada is really different than here, I feel like. But, um, yeah, we're, we're with our university. Um, and then we play other teams in Canada, which, like you said, it's uh, three down football, 12 players on each side, and wider field and all that. Um, which is a really, really different. But at the end of the day, football is football, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, you get to tackle, catch, throw, all of that. But um, yeah, man, like adapt myself to the new rules and stuff. My first year was kind of hard, but um, I mean, after six years, you, you get used to it. Do <laughs> yeah. you watch CFL football because it's on yeah, here? Yeah, I do. I do because okay. my brother got drafted too. I okay. got uh, a lot of friends that I played with in college uh, that mm-hmm. are playing right now in the CFL. So for me, I, I try to you know watch those guys, watch my friends, watch my brother. So that's kind of cool. So, what was your entree into American football? Did, I, if I remember correctly, you got a, did you get invited to an All Star game after your? I your, did the Shrine, the East yeah. West Shrine game. How was that for you? Going from playing Canadian rules, all of a sudden you're playing American rules. So now you're going against American football players, and you're playing these different rules. Right. What was that? What was that like? And how did that experience kind of propel you forward? For me, I always played Madden growing up, right? Okay. So yeah. like, wow. <laughs> yeah, and I always watched the NFL. So yeah. like, I knew I knew all the different rules right. and stuff. Um, but for me to play against like top players in the U.S. Yep. was a was important to me for sure, and that was cool. I mean, I had a good a good week. I, I think the first couple of days uh, were kind of hard. The, the the huge difference for me, I, I'm more of a blocking tight end, yep. right? So like. In the CFL rules, you got a yard between the line, uh, the defensive line and the yeah, whole yeah. line, which is kind of like a huge difference. And yeah. now here you can adjust yourself. You can be on the ball, right? And move a little back. So like, uh, th- this was this was the biggest difference for me. Yeah. Um, other than that, it was I mean, football is football. Yeah. Day, right. I think the one less down is the weird thing because yeah, right, when I'm watching yeah. CFL football, hey, it's second down already, and uh, <laughs> we got to get this one. Jeez. But at the same time, you know, the field is so big, and uh, the receiver's got, like, the motion forward. I don't like yeah, that part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it makes it so much harder to defend, you know. Yeah, so, right. like, it, it, it's supposed to be uh, a higher score game, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's totally different. So last year you talked about you're a quote-unquote blocking tight end, but you make one of the catches of the year for your touchdown against New England. Take us through that play. What was that play all about for you, and how cool was that to make that catch for the touchdown you had? I mean, it was my first one yeah. ever, so yeah. it was great for sure. Um, I was trying to pick for Farrell. Farrell was running the flat, and I think they were expecting run. Yeah. And it was men coverage too, and my guy just didn't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> Which I turned around and just uh, try, was trying to find Davis if he saw the same thing, which he did, and then we scored on that. I was I was sick. Anthony O'Claire with us. So when you're with Tampa and Brady arrives mm-hmm. and you win a Super Bowl, I mean, what was that transition like with him getting there and everything changing yeah. and being able to go on that run? It's just like the expectations change, you know. Um, I, f- I feel like we had a good team, a good defense, a good offense. I mean, most of the, the team was the same. You had Tom Brady, you had Gronk, and a couple other guys. And then, you know, the expectations just go higher from there. And then I feel I feel like the confidence of the team went went up too. And mm-hmm. with that, you know, like you, you start winning games, you start to play uh, more confident on defense, more aggressive, because you know we're going to protect the ball on offense. And that's what happened. Our, our defense was making plays, and we were a defensive team in the playoffs. 
Yep. And that's that's what's crazy about it. You know, you got Mike, Mike Evans, Gronk, uh, Tom on offense, Leonard, and we were a defensive team. If Gronk says he wants to have a team-building event, are you a little suspicious and worried? <laughs> I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> what, what was it like to be around him, though? Everything you see uh, on TV or media is what Gronk is. He's, okay. he's, he's goofy. He's really fun to be around with. And I know he's a, he's a big team. He's a great teammate for sure. You get here last year. I can't even remember if you got – you got here right after the end of the offseason. Do you have any offseason on-the-field time at all when you got here? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah we had like a four-week OTA. Okay, that yep. makes you one of the senior members of this organization at that point. <laughs> at that point, um, yeah. Yeah, at that point. Um, how is this team different, Anthony, from last year to this year? How is it different? I feel, You've been here for that, that right. year time, and it feels – even inside the building, it feels like things have markedly changed. Mm-hmm. But how have you seen it change? I feel like we're way ahead of where we were at this point last year. Obviously, we have uh, way more time on the field. Um, we're going against the defense, which we didn't really do last year at this point. Um, I think everything was well through. Um, you know, Lovey's mentality is more is more. Yeah. And it is what it is. You know, like more reps, um, you get better. We got a new offensive system. So we've got to get those reps in. Yeah. And I feel like Davis is more confident than ever, yeah. and it shows on the field, um, and it's fun to be around him for sure. Yeah. Well, you talk about a new offensive system. What can you share with the listeners, with the viewers, about how different it is and what it's going to be like? I feel like it's more West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's more built around a quarterback like Davis, right? I feel like last year we had a playbook more designed for Deshaun or Tyrod. They're like more scrambling quarterback, you know? Um, with the read options and all yeah. that, um, and now it's just West Coast, um, tight and oriented offense. I feel like <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I, I know Farrell loves it. Twelve personnel <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean we're trying to f- figure it out. You know, right now uh, with all the players and stuff, you, you know, we're trying to mix all those together. Um, I think we're, we're doing a good job right now. Okay, you ready for some either ors? Let's go. It's pretty simple. All right. Um, you can eat either pineapple pizza, it's the only pizza you can eat, or never eat pizza. Which one? Never eat pizza. Oh, yep. Man. Okay, pizza style, thin crust or deep dish? You can tell I'm hungry. Uh, what's the first one again? <laughs> um, thin crust. Thin crust or deep dish? Thin crust. Okay. Uh, better teammate, Iron Man or Batman? Iron Man. I feel what? like Batman is solo. Yeah, okay, right? good one, good one. Rather wrestle a bear or an alligator? Damn, a bear. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. I I mean, an alligator is in the water. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Alligator takes you down in the mud. That's his territory. Yeah. Bear, you can. I. I I can. I can kind of see that. Uh, Would you rather be on the cover of Madden or the cover story in a major magazine like a GQ? Madden. Yeah, that's a pretty. Played Madden growing up. Superpower. You could eat anything you want and not gain weight, or have health issues, or super speed. Super speed. Nice. That's that's what I like right now. You know what I mean. Uh, and, and super speed can burn some calories That's for you true. as well. Yeah, that, that, that That's a good is, point. That is true. Anthony, thanks for joining us. Good Thank luck. Thank you, fellas. There's Anthony Eclair. Coming up, two men who play or played on the offensive line. One of them currently plays, Max Sharping. Another one used to play. That would be Steve McKinney. We talked about him. It's all on the way here on Texans Radio. Great to have you listening tonight to Texans Radio. Our week showcase of current and former players continues. Texans legends. Hey, tomorrow night, 
Drew Doherty's podcast with Seth Payne. It's really awesome. We're going to feature a bunch of that for you. And tonight, Steve McKinney, a little bit later on, former Texans, outstanding men of our community. Right now, an outstanding man on the offensive line, Max Sharping, draft choice from 2019. And, man, when you look at position players on this squad, 2019 becomes these are the salty veterans of the bunch. Yes, indeed. Sharping, Titus Howard. Well, let's get to Max here, who has a new addition in his household, and we caught up with Max right around minicamp. Tell us, are you getting sleep? How many weeks old is the baby? So Brooks just turned 10 weeks uh, last Friday, so he's, uh, he's doing really well at birth. He was just under 11 pounds. Ooh. So uh, every mother out there just <laughs> jaw just dropped. I mean, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Are we Holy looking smokes. at guard or tackle here, Max? What are, you, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, you know, just over two months, he's already uh, over two feet tall. So I'm thinking more tackle. You know, wow. He's going to be tall. Okay. He's going to be like Charlie. What's he know? benching? Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, he's already he's already benching my full hand back. You know he's doing wow. he's getting his squats in. Yeah, he really it's really funny actually. He does love standing upright, which for just what? over just over two months old, he's <laughs> he wants to be sitting up and standing. It's crazy. Well, when he starts breaking down the game plan with you at home and starts looking mm-hmm. at things, then we'll get a little bit uh, we'll get a little bit worried at that point. But. This it's only been ten. It's only been ten weeks. You went through a nine and a half month pregnancy. You got ten weeks on top of that. Well, he didn't go through. I know. It. You, yeah, my, yeah, my he wife did. Assisted. All fathers go through uh, it just in a different way. You're not gonna win that one. So I'll ask you that question. <laughs> How's it changed you? Uh, I mean, I think from the moment you hold him, yeah, uh, the, the first time, it's just uh, there's no really other feeling like that. There's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to put into words yeah, almost when exactly. you first see him. Uh, and then it's as crazy as it sounds, it just keeps getting better as, as it yeah, goes. You, yeah. know, you just, he does something for the first time and you're just like, oh my gosh, I love him <laughs> even yeah, more. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it just, uh, it, it definitely, it does change you a little bit. Um, and I can't even imagine what, what Cass went through. But, oh, uh, you know, I just try to. Do, Just be there do the support, best like, I can. Do the best yeah. I can to, to help her out. Well-timed baby, though, because you're yes. going to go to camp and the baby will be a few months. And you know, yeah, we, we've kind of gotten the routine figured out a little bit yeah. already. And she, you know, uh, her family's here, so they can help out. My family obviously loves traveling. So yeah. my is Brooks sleeping? He is. So uh, recent development, but he's been sleeping through the night. That's incredible. Um, yeah, which. For any new parent out there, the first time oh, you yeah. get a full night's sleep, oh, uh, it's gold. You're you're just like, oh wow. So is your you? I mean, that's a having your first child. I mean, every parent out there is going, oh my gosh. I mean, I think back when I first, all the different things are going on. You still have the NFL season to get ready for. You still have your job to do. So this off season, what was the focus for you, Max? I mean, it's uh, basically the same as every year. Just getting my body and uh, mind ready for you know what the gauntlet that's coming up here. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously having a full off season this year helps. Uh, you know, new offense and all that. You got you get the full the full off season to help you learn the offense, and it's not everything going in at once. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, not you know you kind of get that build up with you know you got your your workout sessions and then your coaching sessions and now your OTAs and mini camp and it all helps ramp up. So you're getting used to more and more of what it's going to be like during the year and um, 
you know, it's been it's been good. I mean, during the complete off season, you know, you're just getting your body ready yep. for the physical task that's to come. So. How is this Pep Hamilton system different for the offensive lineman? Uh, I mean, I think the uh, the the biggest thing is, you know, they've put a lot of emphasis on, hey, we're going to be we're going to we're going to lean on you guys in the run game, and it might not be, uh, you know. 10 yards in the first quarter, but hopefully by the end of the game, we're going to be leaning on these guys enough that towards the end, we're going to, we're going to be wearing them down. And in the fourth quarter, that's where we're going to make our hay. I know it feels like you just got here, but you and Titus are the senior members of this football team position wise. Cause we know weeks. He is the, you know, he's the godfather. Penultimate. Yeah. He's yeah. that, he's that guy. <laughs> but you and Titus are the senior members of this organization I'm sure it's probably weird to say in some sense, but yet it's still hugely valuable the fact that you guys have been around a little bit. What do you say to something like that? Yeah, me and Titus actually, uh, we, we've spoke about that a couple times this offseason. Yeah. Like it's kinda, it is kind of weird when you think about it, but we've been here, especially on the offense, especially. Yeah. We've been here the longest. Um, and uh, I think, you know, for us it just means a little, uh, you know, you have some comfort in knowing, uh, you know, we know what's going on, right. where, where everything is. Right. Uh, you know, we have a feel for, you know, the fans, the stadium, the, you know, what, what's going on around the city and, and whatnot. Um, and do I, I think we're just excited to, to have another another go at it, you know. And both of us are excited to be here and continue, you know, hopefully getting back to winning ways here. We're coming off OTAs. Even though there's no contact, how is the off-season time of year helpful, even though you're not really going to see how you really are until you get into pads? What do you get out of that? I mean, especially for the whole line, I mean, you get you get the teamwork aspect. I mean, every year our whole room, you know, switches a little bit. We get new guys in, and uh, you kind of see how everyone's going to gel together. This year with the new offense, you know, you get time on the field, which is uh, very helpful compared to, you know, just classroom time or Zoom the last couple of years sometimes where, mm-hmm. you know, you're not actually on the field. Um, you know, field time where you're getting individual with the coaches and, working double teams and, you know, getting the calls from the center and the quarterback and talking, communicating with everybody, seeing the defense in front of you. Uh, I think every every time you're out on the field itself, it's it's definitely helpful to see and to get that rhythm back. Obviously, we're not going full speed, but mm-hmm. you're getting somewhat of a football mentality. You've gone through this process since being here in, in 2019. Now on your th- third, I hope my math is correct, third different offensive line coach. Continuity there hasn't been great, but you get to hear different things, maybe some things said different ways, maybe some new techniques. George Warhop comes into the offensive line. What can you tell us about him and what he's meant to the line of this, thus far? Oh, I mean, I think, like you said, he's had you know experience and he's brought a, a level of uh, you know continuity towards his technique that he wants that uh, is helpful you know he, he tells you exactly what he wants and if it doesn't work for you then he says okay well let's try this then right and he has different I mean he's him and and Hal have just been in the business for so long and they know everything that's gonna happen everything that has happened and yeah. mm-hmm. where the trends are going and yeah. uh, you know I mean so for for an individual I mean he's he wants you to do it his way at first you know see this is this is what I think is going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Let's try it. Let's give it a go, especially in in these OTA practices and whatnot. You know, it's not full live reps. Well, let's try this. Let's do this. Let's see how it works. 
and you can tell as as you're going through you know you're getting better at those techniques every single day and uh you know with with that i mean you're just going to grow as a player you know you, you you learn new things you you keep some of the old that's worked for you and you just become a better player max always a pleasure to visit with you thanks a lot good luck appreciate you guys max sharping on the show all right let's get to steve mckinney next owns a fast food restaurant you may have heard of that one as well and drew doherty did a podcast with him it's a lot of fun plus the theme song if you never heard it you have to stay tuned to check this out the theme song from mckinney's show that he used to do weekly on sports radio 610 it's all happening next here on texans radio Okay, before we get to Steve McKinney from Drew Doherty's Where Are They Now podcast, you can check out all these podcasts on HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app, and it's awesome. Before we get to that, Steve was part of a Sports Radio 610 weekly show in the early years of Texans history, and Chance McClain, who was at the station, and his buddy Frank came up with a theme song for the Steve McKinney Hour, and it was good. Steve McKinney. There's the Steve McKinney theme song from his show on Sports Radio 610. I love it. Okay, let's get to this. We can't play the whole thing because it's long and it's good, but let's get to a chunk of the Steve McKinney podcast. Where are they now with Drew Doherty? Well, this is a fun one because we've got an OG, literally, figuratively, but we got Steve McKinney, offensive guard, offensive lineman, original text. I mean, all these things that you can say, but Steve, you played for the team. 2002 to 2007 you'd already been in the league for four years prior with the indianapolis colts and we're going to get into that but first things first how are you doing and where are you these days what's going on well i am i'm doing great first of all you know post-covid life is uh is much better and yeah um you know i've been uh been doing mcdonald's now for about 12 years since i got out of got out of football so that's pretty much all i do man i do uh, i do mcdonald's and help my son train to be uh to be where i'm at one day and how's that going it's going pretty good you know he's only in eighth grade but uh you know he has he has the desire and the work ethic so you know the rest is in god's hands i guess yeah that's good stuff you're born in galveston you went and played your high school ball at clear lake where are you these days specifically where are you living okay yeah i live in uh, montgomery actually moved out to montgomery I, I, i you know went to high school in clear lake uh, Centerville prior to that, actually small town. How about that? And then, uh, you know, when I was playing with the Texans, we lived over in Friendswood mm-hmm. mostly because it was an area I was familiar with having, you know, grown up in Clear Lake and, uh, yeah, we moved out to Montgomery, man, right after I got done playing, I bought the, uh, bought the McDonald's down there in Madisonville uh-huh. back in 2010 and, uh, couldn't, couldn't be driving from Friendswood to Madisonville every day. So we, uh, <laughs> we moved out to Montgomery, which is only about an hour away, uh, you know, that's how we, that's how we ended up there planted roots and it's been good. You know, it's a very, it's a nice community, you know, good people. So on the edge like of the it. piney woods. And I, uh, you know, I went to school in Dallas for a bit 
and lived in Dallas for a bit. So I guarantee I stopped at that uh, McDonald's in Madisonville a time or two. <laughs> as well as I think there, I think you got one in Huntsville too, right? Am I am I well, remembering that, one's, that, that one's not mine. No. Yet. Okay. Okay. Sorry. One of these days, hopefully I'll, I'll get that one. But uh, yeah, we got we got the one in Madisonville, and then I got you know a few in Montgomery area, and, and kind of all over Houston at this point. We're pretty we're pretty spread out. That's fantastic. How did you get into that? Because obviously you, you know, you're in the NFL for a decade, basically. Yeah. And how do you transition from playing football to, to being a franchisee? Well, I learned literally in my rookie year up in Indianapolis um, that NFL stands for not for long <laughs> and that you better have a second career planned out before uh, before that day comes. And so I started researching, you know, businesses and, and franchises and things that I could get into from you know, dry cleaners to hair salons to subways or whatever. And McDonald's was always one of my first, but I looked into them pretty quickly and realized that if you're not 100% involved in the day-to-day and uh, running the business yourself, that you, they're not going to let you get in. So I waited. And then the day after I uh, retired or was retired, you know, because most of us don't retire, we just get retired. Yeah. Uh, so that when that day came, um, that was the first place I, I applied for and actually got rejected and waited a few months and applied again, got rejected, waited a few months and applied again after meeting with a, a gentleman that I knew um, from A&M that used to own some McDonald's. And so, you know, he kind of he kind of opened the door, Ron Blatchley. He opened the door for me to uh, to get an interview. And I flew I flew out to Arizona met with the uh, West division president, you know, me and my wife, uh, Tiffany, and uh, just really sold them on the fact that, Hey, we're not, I'm not looking to be an investor. I'm not looking to, uh, you know, put my money someplace safe. You know, I want to run it. I want to be involved. I want to do whatever it takes to, to own and, and run a McDonald's and, you know, was able to, to get in the program and it took me about a year and a half, Drew. It's a, it's a brutal program, Yeah, but they train you top to bottom, man. You learn how to do everything in a restaurant, which is great because I didn't know how to do any of it. <laughs> I knew how to snap a football and, you know, block defensive linemen. But, you know, when it came to uh, to running a restaurant operationally and in the business side of it, you know, I was clueless. So it was it was a great training program. I learned a lot. Um, very humbling. I'm not going to lie, you know, because you work in the restaurant. You know, you're yeah. putting on a crew uniform. You're taking orders in the drive through You're making French fries and hamburgers and dealing with upset customers and everything that goes into to working in, in fast food. And I remember one time a guy came through, it was right after I just finished playing and I was in the drive-thru over at the Fairmont McDonald's right there off 45 and Beltway eight. And, um, he worked at Fox news actually. and was a guy that, you know, I'd been a cameraman and interviewed me and stuff like that in the past. <laughs> he looked at me like, Man, you know, this, you've really fallen on some hard times. Haven't you? <laughs> if you only knew, though, right? <laughs> and so I said, "No, and I'm in the I'm in the training program." You know, I'm trying to trying to own one of these one day. So, but uh, I, it was funny because I would get those looks from customers from time to time. You know, that really followed the Texans and knew who I was, and they'd look at me and double take, like, "Wait, what are you doing here?" <laughs> and uh, it was it was very humbling at times, but man, it was it, it's it's been worth it. You know, it's paid off. Been a been a blessing to me and my family. Drew Doherty's visit with Steve McKinney from the Where Are They Now podcast continues. That's great. I don't know much about that that end of the business, but I've heard stories like yours, like when you become a franchisee, especially with them, 
it's a pretty, like you said, grueling process. Now, I do know I waited tables at the Mason Jar in, in Houston for two summers. And back then, when uh, I was more of a jackass, I thought this was like overwhelming. So I just like that small portion of uh, the food service industry, I, I have a lot of respect for. So I can't imagine having to run the entire thing. And was yeah. there a, was there a moment you talk about some of the, the folks seeing you in the drive through? But was there was there another moment where you said humbling that really were you were just like, what the absolute hell am I doing this for? Like, I, surely that came up a time or two, right? Oh man, it did. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there when you're when you're doing that for a year plus and you're not getting paid right this is all right. for free and for you know it's training you're getting paid through the training but there were plenty of times you know where i'm working a you know late night shift and you know it's 10 11 o'clock at night and i'm walking around the parking lot you know picking up pieces of trash here and there and you know getting home barely seeing my family and stuff like that and there was times where i was like man is this is this really worth it you know this is this is a lot you know here there's probably other things I could be doing, you know, I could go get a job and work for a big company or something, you know, work my way up the ladder, you know? So there were, there were moments where I had those thoughts, you know, but I just kept pressing through my wife just kept pushing me. And, you know, when, cause everybody has those weak moments, everybody, when things get tough, you know, you, you, you question things, but I, I powered through it and, you know, thank God I did, you know, cause there was, there was a light at the end of the tunnel and there's times throughout that training where you can't see that light. You have no idea how much longer you have. There's no, there's no, Hey, you know, step one, two, three, and you're finished at this date. There is not a, none of that. You know, you're kind of at their mercy as you're going through this training. So there was, there was months where I was just clueless as to when this would ever end. And, um, you know, very challenged mentally and physically. Uh, but I persevered, you know, and I think the NFL and football and all my training really helped me with that, yeah. that mental toughness aspect of it, of just, just grinding through it and just, uh, embracing the grind and just pushing, pushing through the, the tough times. Yeah. If you can make it through a training camp in Houston or, you know, uh, mm -hmm. summer, summer drills at, at, in college station, you can, you can definitely make it through that. I'm sure. Yeah. Let's right. talk about your days as an Aggie. You know, I'm sort of around your age, I graduated high school in 96. So I remember the Aggies were bullies, man, in the mid nineties, early nineties, yeah. late eighties, still at the end of the Southwest conference. And you're kind of there, as they switch over into the big 12, you were there with RC Slocum who, holy moly, mm -hmm. that guy can coach. And what mm -hmm. was it like going to Texas A&M when they were at the peak of those powers? I guess you could say. Andrew, for me, it was just kind of like a dream come true because I grew up from the age of one through 16 in Centerville, Texas, about an hour from college yep. station. Yep. My grandfather went to A&M. Uh, we were big Aggies growing up. We'd go to like, games every Saturday. Very, you know, probably made it to most home games growing up. Um, so I just had a, you know, I bled maroon. Bottom line, you know, I was a big A and M fan from birth. So for me, I remember it. It kind of the light switch kind of went on in about seventh, I think seventh grade. I remember because up until that point, Drew, I just wanted to be in the band. I just wanted to play. <laughs> trombone or tuba or something in the band, you know, cause I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Right. Um, didn't really think a kid out of Centerville, you know, could ever actually step on the Kyle field in a uniform and, and play football. So, but I remember in seventh grade, I was watching anyone play Hawaii on their opening game. And that's when it, it just really clicked in my head. I'm like, you know what? I want to, I'm going to play football at A&M. And that, from that day on, that became my goal. And I worked towards that 
And my junior year, after my junior year, right before my senior year, it was back in those days, colleges couldn't call you. And they called me on the day that they were allowed to call me at mm-hmm. midnight. A&M called me. And they didn't offer me at that time. I was hoping they would, but they didn't offer me. But the fact that they had called me, they were my first call, you know, made me feel good and felt like I had a chance. And then I think it was, you know, probably a week or two later, you know, some of these other big schools had started offering scholarships. And then sure enough, here comes the A&M offer. And, uh, you know, I jumped right on it. All right, there it is. Drew Doherty with Steve McKitty here on Texans Radio. Again, go to the website for more information on Where Are They Now podcasts with your former Texans players, Texans legends. You love them. It's great stuff. Find out what they're up to now. Find out what their great memories are. It's all on HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app. And tomorrow we will feature a long visit with Seth Payne. You hear him every day on the radio, but this is different. Drew Doherty went deep with Seth. What does he do in New York when he's up there? Oh, my gosh. Let's find out tomorrow together. Let's have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Go Texans.